Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 102. This interview is with Selic Atelier, a friend from my time at L'Oréal, who is now co-founder of a French startup called Meilleurs Entreprises. For those of you who know Glassdoor, it's in a similar space, helping to understand better what's going on inside companies for prospective employees, hence the new English name, Choose My Company. We talk about issues such as transparency, especially on money, as well as the challenges of control and employer branding in the French marketplace. A meaty topic. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue. Today, I have an old friend from my times at L'Oreal, the gorgeous Selica Tellier. So Selica, tell us who you are, what you do, and what's your mindset? Oh, good morning, Minter. Uh, so yes, I'm Celica, and I am co-founder and in charge of uh, our research practice at mailsentreprise.com. Uh, that's becoming choosemycompany.com. Excellent. And um, tell us about your mindset. How would you describe your mindset? Our mindset today, uh, I think there's two things that, that drive us. Uh, one of them is talking about the relationship between uh, people and companies and their workplaces and how we can change the way that people and companies connect, uh, how we can influence that, uh, especially in, in a job market like France, which is a really interesting laboratory uh, where this relationship has a very particular dynamic. It's, uh, it's a bit tense right now, but it also gives us some really interesting things to play with. It's actually a big, big playground. Um, and I think the second thing about our mindset at Meals on Surprise, ChooseMyCompany.com, it, it resonates in Choose My Company. It's about, it's about choosing and having information. And how can we help candidates get the information they need to find the company that corresponds? And how can we help companies put information out there, authentic and useful information about themselves? to complement all the institutional space that exists. So, Selica, um, talk us through the origin of uh, Choose My Company or A Meilleure Entreprise. How did it come about? Meilleure Entreprise and Choose My Company, uh, we, it started out in 2011. Uh, I have a friend from L'Oreal, friends from L'Oreal again, uh, who had created a website uh, that was more about HR best practices um, it was the Compass database plugged in with uh, some job offers and a blog. And one day he decided that it would be good to up the level of information that we gave uh, and get more employee testimonials out there. And uh, we started working together on a questionnaire. Uh, and the questionnaire became actually an entire philosophy uh, that is really starting – to find, its, to, to find its place with choosemycompany.com uh, because it went from being about where the best places to work uh, and what are, what are, who are the big employers to actually what's the place that could correspond to my personal aspirations and what's important to me. So a pivot. Um, so how would you react if I said uh, you are the, glass, the French glass door? 
Glassdoor, Glassdoor inspired us in some of the things that we do because what they're doing is really getting a lot of employer information out there, but from the people who know it the best, who are the people that's actually very candidate-oriented and recruitment interview-oriented. Uh, we wanted to take Glassdoor and go even a step further. Uh, Glassdoor has, uh, has a great uh, approach. It's very simple. It's very intuitive. It's very frank. What are the pros and cons of different workplaces? Uh, we wanted to take that, go a little bit deeper so that the exercise of saying what you thought and sharing it was almost a personal exploration exercise. So the person who shares gets something out of it. The person who receives gets something out of it. And how can we take that and make it useful for employers? It's one thing to know what people are saying about you on social networks and in dinner parties. It's another thing to be able to transform that and make it into something useful for your workplace. Those kind of discussions, they're actually a real reflection of company culture, the way we get things done around here, and what's it really like to work here. Mm. And how can we let companies, how can we also help companies on the flip side of that make it useful? You know, since I, I, I've, of course, I followed what you've been up to, and uh, I know well Glassdoor from the very beginning, the, the sort of, the big word that Glassdoor brings up is transparency. So I'm going to have to imagine that in your playground that you talk about, uh, the word transparency is, is kind of uh, viewed with double eyes. Explain to me, explain to us how this concept of transparency, let's call about, you know, salaries, talk about work conditions, plays out in the French marketplace. Well, transparency is a really interesting word uh, because on one hand it is about uh, going from the black box to the glass box, uh, to, use a, to use an expression. It's about opening up and letting people see. And it's something that's expected now, whether it's with corporate governments or with the workplace. Uh, the French market is very interesting because a lot of things that are very open discussions in more liberal economies, like in the States, where people talk about what they earn, but it's part of what you are and, and part of your, your professional trajectory. And uh, a lot of decisions that people make are driven by that. In France, the important thing in a tough economy is just to have a job. Uh, and so a lot of those kind of things like salary and performance reviews are things that uh, that are dealt with in, in a much more secretive way. Uh, this said, uh, transparency is an interesting word because it's kind of like take me as I am, show everything. And we're finding with companies that and with candidates that there's a notion of of aspiration that gets lost when you go for full transparency. Uh, candidates, when they project themselves into an environment, yes, they want the real deal. They want to know what's going to happen to them. But part of their choice is based on what they hope it will be. And what they hope it will be also brings to their role in a company their capacity to drive change. And when you're an employer, the aspirational part is, yes, I want to tell people who I really am so that people can make an educated choice about whether they apply or accept a job with me. And at the same time, I still want to show people where I want to go. And so transparency tends to be a very here and now notion um, that we try to counterbalance a little bit um, in what we do by leaving notions of aspiration. So we, we talk about being authentic and useful versus being transparent. So I hear you. 
and um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like the dirty underwear. We, you know, we, we, we're interested in people, but there's just you know too much information. At the same time, you know, you're talking about the French market's difficult today, but let's imagine that things turn around. Then the notion of salary, you know, that's no, it's no longer do I have a job, but it's you know how much am I getting paid? And I think specifically of types of jobs like geeks and programmers, where there's just a complete dearth of quality talent. A, there's very little experience. Two, it's it's a whole new domain that they should be getting more pay, um, or at least because of the you know their relative value to a company. So I can imagine that over time, this notion of salary will become more important from an employee standpoint, and yet on the other side, you know, it remains um, obscure. Salary is an, is an interesting factor to deal with. Uh, on mailsentreprise.com, both people, uh, both candidates or employees and companies can leave salary information. Uh, we check it, we moderate it to make sure that it's within reasonable guidelines and market trends when it's published. Um, but it's it's out there. I think that uh, maybe some of the professions that you're talking about are leaders in opening up the discussion about money, mm-hmm. which is which is not always an easy one in France. And at the same time, it is a discussion that happens on a regular basis, whether it's because people are negotiating job offers or their year-end reviews uh, or internal moves within a company. Uh, the tougher stuff that people talk about, at least on the French market that we find, have to do with working conditions, advancement, training, and management. Uh, salary, it's going to get out there, um, and I think it's already out there on a lot of levels. Uh, companies, we're seeing also the companies, we did a ranking in the Figaro, very interesting, we did a ranking about uh, internship salaries. And at the beginning, uh, companies were very hesitant when we went to them and said, um, well, this is what companies perceive in terms of their pay. Can we put a number next to it? Uh, initially, they were reticent to give us the numbers, and we're seeing now that it's easier and easier to get them because it is an argument. Uh, it is an argument, and it's a piece of information that people are talking about anyway. So for the corporate side, it's why you know I need to be, I need to be clear. I need to tell people what's going on in my company so that they can make a choice. Well, I mean, uh, for pushback would be, well, an internship, these are, these are students anyway, and they're all, they're sharing everything on social, and that's their, that's their whole mindset. And plus, we're talking about the difference between 600 and 700 euros. I mean, I mean, is that characterized, you know, being a little bit uh, caricature. And it's a very sensitive topic on the other side, because internships in France, as we know, has all sorts of baggage with it. But the, 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 the larger consideration would be the employees and what they really get and, and you know, how much is the CEO? Of course, that's usually public, but how much are they being paid? And, and, and probably you're, you're in the middle of a transformation uh, with regard to something I always observed, <laughs> maybe you too, about the clarity of objectives and the, the relationship between remuneration and the job well done. If I can take your question back a little bit Go for it. to the, the transformation part, I think it's really interesting because it does start to touch on the strategy that we have in terms of what Males Entreprise brings uh, and what Choose My Company will bring in France. Um, listening to your employees, 
and letting people talk about their jobs uh, up until about 18 months ago was, was a taboo subject in, in France. And we had to choose carefully where we were going to start. Uh, one of the things that both Laurent Labbé, uh, who, was, uh, who was an HRD colleague from L'Oréal, and I discovered in working in the employee survey space, uh, has to do with the fact that it's a heavy process for a lot of CEOs. And it's, it's a big decision to go there. And we, we thought about how can we make this easier? And that is why we expressly started with Happy Trainees, which is, uh, which is the, the program that we use around internships. Because interns come and go from the company and they're very social network savvy, we can go in very quickly, very easily with a fun tool and make listening to employees or people who are inside your company a positive experience. We can help companies to even publish it on the outside and see that that is a good thing too, that almost it, it doesn't hurt. Ça ne fait pas mal. And it's by doing that that we give companies a space to transition into a more participative universe in terms of what they put out there um, and what they're willing to listen to. When you, when I, I, I think of Glassdoor in particular, because that's the one I knew the most, uh, the notion of an anonymity was extremely important because, you know, if I'm an employee and I'm kiboshing my company, I don't want that to come around and hit me on the head. What are your methods for gaining trust? Because, I mean, I'm going to have to imagine that there's a, on both sides of the equation, it's a big issue. What you're hitting on there, there, there are two things in what you're hitting on with the anonymity. One of them is, is protecting the, the person who's expressing themselves. And the other one is the shock value of kiboshing your company. Uh, one of the things that we did want to change with respect to some, at least in France, there were com companies like Notre Taboite, Notre Entreprise, um, that don't even exist anymore uh, because because of libel suits um, and, and difficult comments that were made. Uh, what we try to do is to take, to take what people are feeling in their workplace and put it in a responsible space. So if you go on to mayosdentropeace.com, it's kind of the Giuliani principle. You're in a very clear and professional environment. It's not a dishboard. It's a place where people give useful and authentic information. To say my company stinks, uh, makes me want to respond to two things. First of all, if it really stinks, why are you still there? And second of all, well, what makes it a disappointing experience for you may not be the same thing that makes it disappointing for someone else. So tell us why. Qualify that. Um, but they're very basic feedback principles. If you go back to Socrates, you know, is it is it true and is it useful? So that's the first thing I have to say about um, the anonymity and being able to say negative things. We accept criticism and we encourage companies to accept it and to interact with it because it is expected. A company who just turns its back on anything negative that someone says is a company who doesn't live in the 21st century. Um, at the same time, we have moderation on the site. In France, there are a couple things that we do respect. So everyone who, who makes a comment on the site they, they create a profile, they use a pseudo, uh, and, 
it goes through a couple of filters. First of all, we have a filter that makes sure that the person actually works or has worked at the company that they comment on. Uh, the second one, we do that through a Viadeo Connect, LinkedIn Connect, Facebook Connect, or else we validate the email with the, with the individual. We respect the law. So, uh, 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 no, uh, no slander, uh, no obscene language. Uh, and we also have a system in France that's called AFNOR, uh, that, uh, are norms that are used with services like TripAdvisor. Uh, meaning that uh, that the website has to be able to tie back comments to a real person, and it's something that came from when people were were putting either overly positive or overly negative comments either on their own or on competitor websites. So to make sure that the, that the people that are commenting are real people who've experienced the product in question or the, the place in question. Um, and even though employer websites are not uh, subject to AFNOR norms, we abide by them. And so you are held accountable to them. I mean, in other words, should there be a, a slip or you know, you know, an, a, you know, untrackable person, you're accountable. How does that work? Or do you just have to then delete the account? What do you do? Um, we we are accountable on a legal level if there if there's something that happens on the employer's side. Um, we're not we're not subject to the same regulations as you would be if you were on TripAdvisor, um, but I think the the important thing is to put people in a responsible environment in the first place. We're there to protect the integrity of what we're doing, which goes through protecting users and making sure that they know where they're putting their feet uh, to do it in a responsible way, um, making sure that they, that they want to put out there what they're putting out there. Sometimes we do things, see things that are even cries for help. Um, and having an experience as a former HRD, when you see something like that come through, you deal with it in a very delicate way. Mm. Um, and, and you need to check it out on both ends. So you said earlier that um, these, these types of services like rate my professor in French or rate my boss and all that have been closed down in France. They clearly aren't closed down in the States and in other countries, you know, and clear, I'm going to guess there's a whole bunch of libel and, you know, quite unsavory comments that are appearing in those types of things, because, you know, how can you win as a professor? How can you win as a boss? You're never going to win all the time. Why would they close down in France as opposed to, you know, being vibrant and very used elsewhere, specifically in North America? Uh, I think there's two things that happen to them. One of them happens. Uh, there are two of the companies that were sued by <laughs> that that were the two of the websites that were sued by the companies concerned, um, and so financially they went down. Um, and the second thing is that I think people are in 2014. People people are intelligent about what they see and whether it's useful for them or not. Uh, in a place like France where there's enough negative energy going around right now with the economy, people are looking for things that are useful to them. Uh, trashing your company isn't necessarily useful for other people. Uh, and that goes back to some of the moderation. Um, tell me things that are going to help me in a useful way. If there's something that's not right that's going on, I want to know. But if it's your personal vendetta, I think it decredibilizes its it, it isn't credible for the person putting it out there. I can, um, I can understand that. But the I guess, is the web a place to, to vent all your anger or not? Or is there something else you should be doing with it? Yeah. 
Um, and we try and create an environment where people are co-responsible. Companies are responsible for what they do with their employees, but people are also responsible for the way they feel about that and what they choose to do with it. I, I agree with that. Uh, but I was thinking, uh, really, the, what struck me the most was actually not in the employer space, but in the education space. And mm-hmm. this notion of accountability, uh, uh, what I look at as accountability of teachers and, you know, where does that fall into place? And so that's why I got, you know, I would say I get my, my nose out of joint because how can that not, how can there not be a level of accountability with regard to professors in France? You know, they, mm-hmm. they call them mammut. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a tricky balance. But what struck me was that it should not work in France, either professors or bosses or any of these other things. And so I, I have to sort of conjure up in my mind a reason, a meta reason uh, along the lines of, you know, squashing these kinds of rebellious type of sites, which are bringing out conversations that we're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I can tell you what I know about France, I don't have the same expertise in the educational space, but when I, I spend a lot of time with students and what they tell me about some of those environments is that they don't necessarily feel comfortable expressing themselves fully. Uh, Students don't have rights in the same way that employees have rights. (laughs) Uh, And so the conversation, the dynamic of the conversation is different. I'm not sure that they feel like saying what they think is going to have the same kind of impact as it does with, uh, as it does with an employer. Uh, And the maturity of the conversation is not at all what it is in a universe, in an employer universe, you have year end reviews you have feedback, you have people, you, you have resources that train people to work in that space. In the educational sphere, I'm, I'm not sure that some of those resources exist. So look, talking about, I know, I'm gonna, we're going to go with choose my company because that's the future. Um, your strategy, you, you, I mean, on the one hand, you have to have people, employees filling in with their, you know, gaining their trust. On the other hand, you have presumably in your business model, the employers who are, who are going to be paying you. How do you focus? I mean, really, is it sort of not like a chicken and the egg story? You have to have one before the other and vice versa? What Mayo's Ultimate or what Choose My Company does, we're specialized in three areas. Is We're specialized in inviting and getting people to participate. So that's the employee part. Um, and it actually, it is a very delicate space because it is about building trust. Um, it's about confidentiality and it's about being responsible for what you say, but it's also about people believing that what they have to say is going to be listened to and is going to be useful for something. The second thing we do is, uh, we help companies to track and improve. So we help them to track what's, what's being said and to improve, uh, internally And then the third thing we do is about sharing information. Um, We don't go all the way to to consulting in terms of what do you do with the information, how do you fix it. Uh, We personally, we find that there's a lot of power simply in sharing, sharing quickly, sharing authentically, and sharing simply. Now, we are specialized, though, in sharing both inside with your employees and sharing on the outside be it on the mailsentreprise.com or the choosemycompany.com website, um, in the press, or in social media. 
And so we have special tools that are designed to do to manage that dynamic. So it's connecting inside and outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's what we do. If you take a look at our business model, um, our business model um, is based on is based on the corporate side of our work. We do work with the public sphere. We work with schools, and then we work with companies. But companies are are the economic basis of our business model. And they work with us on two things. One of them is running the surveys and the analysis that goes behind them. And then the second thing is about external communication via the website, social networks, and the press. Uh, so that, that is how the business model functions. Uh, but we do have, the third thing I would say is that we have a product structure, though, that helps us to navigate that space. Because what's it all about at the end of the day? It's about helping both candidates, employees, and companies to enter into this very delicate participative space and talking about what's it really like to work here. And to do that, on one hand, we have to make employees feel that what they say is going to be appreciated, it's going to be used, um, and we put them in, we, we created tools that make that an easy thing to do. Um, without making mistakes, but still being able to say what you really want to say. And for companies to enter that space by being able to discover what people have to say and being able to publish it with a minimum amount of control. Uh, If we want this to happen at the end of the day in a place like France, uh, you can't just flip the power structure on its head overnight. You have to create uh, a transitional space for that. And I think that if you look at what we're doing from a systemic point of view, to use some HR and change vocab, um, it's when we've inversed the power structure. Employers used to have all the power, and now it's employees that have it. And how can we bring the two of those together so that it changes the way that people look at their jobs and it changes the way that companies look at their employees? At the end of the day, the ultimate ambition is to help companies – work on their reputation, both internally and externally, but based on what the people who know it best think. And those are candidates and employees. Uh, I think, I think if you go back uh, quickly to where, where did all this come from? I ran the L'Oreal worldwide employer employee survey in 2011, 2012. It was 50,000 people in 70 countries And what really struck me about the exercise is at the end of the day, well, yeah, it was a satisfaction survey, but what it really is, is it's a reflection. It's a, it was a perfect reflection of the culture and the working environment. And how can we help a company like L'Oreal to get that out there so that candidates can know and appreciate what it's, what it's like and what makes people's hearts beat? What are the productive energy of that environment? Well, but at the same time, if you're a corporation, you're putting out information, you have your own label on it, and in, into question comes the trust that one has in materials coming straight from a corporation. You know, as soon as it's signed by the corporation, you know, institution, therefore I can't believe it. So let's so what it brings up for me is this you no know, what you're providing is, you know, the other side, you know, unquote untethered uh the real the real scoop the real insights do you have how would you describe your social media strategy well our social media strategy it's interesting because there 
there are a lot of things that are said about companies that happen on social media. You have to go look for them. Um, but they're being said, and I think it's the jump between an employer brand and employer reputation. Your brand is what you put out there. It's your image is what the company decides to say about itself. The reputation, it's about perception. It's about hearsay. And it's about what other people are saying about you. And so in terms of social media, there are two things. One of them is about how can we take all the things that people are saying anyway and make them useful and put them all in one place so that a candidate has a one-stop shop when they're deciding where to apply, prepare interviews, or decide whether to accept an offer. Uh, on the employer side, companies are very scared of social networks. Um, and so we go back to this idea of how can we help companies to get into this participative space? The conversation is happening and either they can be a part of it or, or not. And so how can we help them to do that? Um, so in terms of, of social strategy, I would say that we work with the company social strategies. How can you communicate, manage without a community manager? Hmm. Because in HR departments, they don't have budgets for that. No. Uh, and they don't have the expertise either. The second thing is in terms today of social media strategy, um, if you go back to where we are in the maturity of our business development, uh, we work from natural referencing. So every time someone posts a comment on mailsonsacrease.com, cites a company name, posts a salary, uh, there, there are alerts that go out there uh, in addition to all the things that we do put out formally in terms of the initiatives that we take. Uh, and even beyond social networking, because social networking, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's about more, it's about more than just what's on Facebook and Twitter because it stimulates conversations in real places. Um, and there's a very interesting space that we're starting to invest with students, which are networks of incubators and social entrepreneurship that you find in schools where part of it is about is about being authentic and transparent. And I think our project touches them deeply in terms of what it brings overall. Um, and we're also with the target of people who are making choices, who are trying to get informed. Um, and it's almost a grassroots movement above and beyond being a social networking strategy. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, actually, I, from my perspective sitting here at my desk, your whole project is is about transformation, and you know, it's, it, social is one p portion of it. But you're really at the at the nexus of a big transformation. I hope coming uh, for France. So, um, so like a time is of the essence, um, and we've we've sort of said it, but I, maybe I should be we give this opportunity for a little bit more clarity. Choose my company. What is the what's your future plan, and and why choose my company? The future plan and why choose my company is it's once again about getting employers, candidates, and employees to connect in a new way. It's about a new vision of what does it mean to work together. Uh, it's about choosing to be where you are and choosing the people that you work with on both ends. And I think that choose my company, uh, it took us 18 months to find the English language name for the website. And when it finally happened, it just dropped on us, and it was, it was obvious. And choose my company, what, what's it about? It's about having the information that lets me choose as a candidate 
Um, it lets me feel powerful. It makes me motivated. It gives me energy because I'm the one that's choosing. There's even research that is done about power and positive emotions and the energy that that generates. And, the, and that's what happens in a space of choice. And the fact that it's in English, uh, I, I think of this as a leading question, I guess. Are we um, looking outside of France? Uh, yes, we are. We're already starting. And I think we're really proud of that. Uh, we've managed to create a network in France of over 50 companies, 10 of which are CAC 40 companies. Um, Very impressive, by the way. They, uh, thank you. And, uh, and they have asked us to start working with their international subsidiaries. So it's actually an internationalization strategy that is pulled by French companies who want to make this kind of a program available to their international subsidiaries and create a network between their employees, a common methodology, and a new language in the way that they talk to their employees. So at the same time, you're going to go need to find enough employees, I would say independently, who are going to come in and fill in the material so that it becomes mm -hmm. a, this two-sided, um, equal-sided um, approach. Yes. So we have, like I said, we, there's two parts of, of what you find, on choose, what you will find on choosemycompany.com. Today, all of the tools and the methodology um, are multilingual and can be used in an international sphere. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a fairly straightforward exercise. The second part of the exercise is the platform itself and is the, the open platform where people can come and interact. Uh, it's one thing to translate a website. It's another thing to have employer information uh, that is tied to a local market. So the equivalent of the Compass database that we have for France, we need it for the UK, we need it for Spain, we need it for Italy, we need it for Germany and Switzerland. If you look at a European, um, a European perspective and then Eastern Europe, uh, going stateside will be the next will be the next big frontier. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but as you mentioned, you know there's there are actors on the there are actors on the U.S. market. Um, but I think they're facing some of the same challenges. If you take a look at Glassdoor, on Glassdoor you can enter an employer an employee review from any country, uh, but to find a lot of information about the the, the local subsidiary of the company yeah. that you're looking at um, is a little more challenging. Yeah, totally. So it's a common challenge for this kind of a project. It is. and then, So, I mean, you can get in, in most of the U.S.-based companies have a, a fairly statistically relevant number. But when you take that, you know, a U.S. company that you're looking at maybe in Caracas, well, you're going to have three people or one person that says something which is completely irrelevant. And, and then the other problem, of course, is the the you know managing the the legal parameters that, as you mentioned before that are so strong in France, but I'm sure that they're equally different, not necessarily stronger, in other countries, and you have to manage all that. So that's going to be quite exciting. So Celica, thank you for coming on the show. Tell us how anyone can uh, follow you or or get in touch with you if they're interested in knowing more about your service and you. <laughs> Well, I love hearing from people, and uh, there are two there are two great ways to get in touch with us. One of them, um, I'm old-fashioned, and a good old-fashioned email would be great at celica.tellier at mentreprise.com. Uh, and the other way you can get on, get in touch with us is just to go directly onto the website with our contact us uh, with our contact us uh, section, and please let us know what you think, and uh, if you'd like to know more. 
Super. Salaka, merci beaucoup. Thanks again. And I uh, look forward to tracking and finding out how the uh, future lies for Choose My Company. Thanks, Minter. Have a great day. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.